I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. The music you're hearing is played by resident organist David Haggerty at San Francisco's Castro Theater. If you've had the pleasure of watching a film or attending an event at the Castro, that live Mighty Wurlitzer music is a tradition that signals that the show is about to begin. This year, the theater will celebrate its 100th anniversary. The historic landmark is known throughout the world as one of the symbols of the Castro, and it serves as a beacon for the cultural home of the larger Bay Area LGBTQ community. But the San Francisco Jewel, which has hosted countless film festivals and premieres, is getting a major makeover. On Wednesday, San Francisco Chronicle reporter Ideen Vaziri broke the news that the Castro Theater will be transformed into a live entertainment venue under the management of Another Planet Entertainment. The Bay Area Concert Production Company is behind events like the massive Outside Lands Music Festival, and it will take over the theater's programming and implement a series of renovations. There have been mixed reactions to that, especially from the cinephile and LGBTQ communities. Mark Hustis has presented special events at the Castro Theater for 40 years, including star-studded events that included film legends like Rita Moreno, Patty Duke, and Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, and she had a whole sold-out house and a five-minute standing ovation when she came on. And she, her first line was, I've never been in a room full of so many men that didn't want me. But you love me anyway. And everybody went, whoa. <laughs> the announcement of the theater's new management has community members like Mark concerned. I have no idea if these kind of events are ever going to exist again. You know, they might be of a certain time in a certain place. I certainly hope they will be. But I'm nervous that this is a corporate, I wouldn't say takeover, but that this will be corporately controlled. Arts and entertainment venues have struggled during the pandemic, and new management means a big influx of money to help revitalize the theater. But folks are worried that what may be lost is something more intangible. I mean, the people that love the theater love the theater. I mean, it's the heartbeat of the neighborhood. It's the heartbeat of LGBT film people and the community. And it really is the heartbeat of San Francisco. Chronicle Arts and Culture reporter Tony Bravo joins me in this episode to talk about how the community is reacting to the Castro's major makeover. Later, Peaches Christ, a San Francisco drag performer, will talk about why the theater is personally significant. Like Mark, Peaches Christ has produced many events at the Castro Theater, and she shares why there may be reason to be cautiously optimistic about the new management. Let's start with Chronicle reporter Tony Bravo. Tony, it's so nice to have you back on Fifth Emission. Thank you, as always, for having me. Let's start here. What makes the Castro Theater unique in the arts and entertainment space? Well, first of all, I do want to point out that the classic repertory movie house is an endangered species in entertainment. Even before the COVID-19 pandemic really sort of uh, changed how we view the movie-going experience. I think many people have gotten very used to streaming, and there are still a lot of safety concerns about uh, sitting in venues like movie theaters with Omicron. The programming over the the 10 decades has been an incredible mix of first-run movies, 
uh, camp classics. Uh, you know, you could go there one night and see a Betty Davis or a Joan Crawford double feature, and then the next night go see classic art house films by Federico Fellini or Ingmar Bergman. In addition to the new releases, you would often get fantastic film premieres there. Sometimes as part of festivals like SF Film or uh, the Frameline Film Festival, the LGBTQ Film Festival. You would also get great special drag film events there by promoters like Peaches Christ. For 40 years, Mark Hustis was also one of the most prolific presenters at the Castro Theater, where he would bring stars from the golden age of Hollywood, like Debbie Reynolds, Jane Russell, um, even people that, that are still around, like Rita Moreno to the theater where there would be fantastic drag pre-shows and then frequently interviews with these stars on the stage before screenings of some of their best-known films. In recent years, too, they've also become famous for doing sing-alongs. I myself am a regular attendee at the Sound of Music sing-along that uh, Sarah Moore presents. And, you know, I've I've climbed every mountain, forded every stream, and (laughs) followed every note until I found my dreams in those seats. Yeah, and, you know, people can also point to the beautiful organ music and that big, beautiful neon sign. I mean, the theater is iconic, like you're describing. It's a cultural institution for San Francisco, but especially so for the LGBTQ community. How have community members responded to this this latest news? There is a lot of concern by the LGBT community that, uh, that is based in the Castro and around San Francisco. Uh, the Castro, uh, while it might not be available for all queer people to live in anymore because of our, our real estate market here, the Castro is still in many ways a cultural center for San Francisco. And the theater, to, to uh, quote, I believe Mark Hustis on this, is the crown jewel of that neighborhood in terms of the places where we have gathered. What the fears are, are that the LGBTQ community will be priced out of that theater. We heard from Mark Hustis earlier. Let's hear him talk about those concerns more. My fear, though, is because they are sinking millions and millions of dollars into the theater when independent producers, small-time producers, non-corporate producers um, like myself come in, that the rates will be so high that it will be prohibitive. Because, you know, as it was, I could barely make a profit. I I would have to have 800 people attending my events just to break even, you know, between paying the rent and paying the the, uh, appearance fees of the stars and the movie rental and everything. So I can only imagine if they jack up the rates significantly that people like myself and community marginalized arts groups, et cetera, et cetera, are going to really not be able to come into the theater. There is a very real concern that that will no longer be a venue that is available for those types of events. Several people in my interviews have referred to the Castro as a church, a temple, a type of religious or spiritual place for them, not only because of their love of the venue and of the programming that's been there over the years, but also because they've met people there. I think there's a huge concern that this could become another generic space that gets de-queered, as many places in San Francisco have been in the last decade. Tony, you report on arts and entertainment, and you know more than anyone else how difficult it's been for cultural institutions and venues across the city. How has the Castro Theater fared during the pandemic? And why might some, despite the concerns you're describing, see a shift like this as being a positive? 
Well, first of all, the theater was dark for essentially the first year of the pandemic. There were even concerns about vandalization. Fencing was put up, um, plywood covered the box office. All of this was done to make sure that there was not damage to the historic building. In spite of those precautions, though, I will say the theater is in need of of some significant maintenance. Some are excited about the possibility that the building will get the rejuvenation that I think any building needs after a hundred years of a lot of people being in and out of it. But many are very concerned that any renovations or any refreshes of the building might change the historic character of the building. Uh, the building was designed uh, by a very significant architect, Timothy Fluger, who's relatively famous in the Bay Area and in California. I think that there's a real concern that not only will it look different, but that it might feel different. I wrote a column about how there's a very distinct smell to the to the Castro, a mix of the old popcorn machine and the coffee that seemed to perennially be brewing there. We are a, a place where change is often very difficult with beloved venues. And I think especially with the historic community's interest in mind, there is a real concern that any renovation might not meet the standards of preservation that they are hoping for. Tony, we've talked about change in the Castro district before. I think in the past on Fifth Emission, we talked about, you know, updating the iconic flag to be more inclusive of other groups. And change is always a little bit tough. Do you feel hopeful that, you know, the community could benefit from this ultimately? What do you hope plays out with this change? I think that there is always the possibility that that things could go better than we expect. I think that the key to that is the community being involved in the future of this venue. I hope that uh, there is something like a town hall, something where the concerns of longtime Castro goers and uh, Castro community members are taken into account. I do not want to see the space de-queered in the way that so many other parts of the Bay Area have been through a mix of high prices and just the difficulty of operating venues. I hope Another Planet does take the concerns and experiences of the community very seriously. One fan actually wrote me to say that she had at one point planned on having her ashes scattered under seat K1 at the theater, but that she was reconsidering it. Uh, the place was such a significant part of her movie-going life and film education that she actually wanted to remain there for all eternity. This is more than a building or just a theater. It is a home for many people in the community. And I think that the voices of longtime LGBTQ community members need to be considered for the future to be positive. I understand that change is inevitable. I hope that it can be positive, though, if the community is involved in the planning of the change and not just an afterthought. Tony, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with me. As always, I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, and I hope that we can catch up at a film there again one day. Tony Bravo is an arts and culture reporter for the Chronicle's Datebook section. Check out the Datebook's coverage of the Castro Theater shakeup at datebook.sfchronicle.com. After a quick break, I'll be joined by San Francisco drag performer Peaches Christ. Peaches is a cultural ambassador of sorts for the Castro District. After news broke of the theater's new management, Another Planet reached out to her to chat about community concerns. She'll share what was discussed in that conversation after the break. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. 
Peaches Christ, it's an honor to meet you. Thanks for joining me on Fifth and Mission. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. So a lot of people right now on social media and other places, they're sharing what the Castro Theater means to them personally and the community that they found there. A lot of people are talking about the camaraderie they find in that space. What is special about the Castro Theater audience as someone who's performed and presented events there? I think for me, a lot of people assume that my uh, drag persona, you know, my moniker of Peaches Christ, and then the name of my show, which has been Midnight Mass, uh, is all tongue in cheek, when in fact, there is some truth to it. You, For me, uh, cinemas are more like churches. I grew up loving movies. It's where I found escape. It's where I found acceptance. It's where I saw myself uh, reflected in other weirdos and queer people. And the Castro honestly is the Holy Grail. You know, it is our, it's our Vatican City. That is the mother of all cinemas for, for cult film, for queer cinema, for repertory cinema, classic movies. And it has everything to do with the the neighborhood it's in, the the unique audiences it draws, and then the magical experience uh, it creates seeing a movie there when all those things are put together. Do you have a personal favorite memory from the theater, something that stands out to you from over the years? Honestly, this is going to sound really uh, self-indulgent, but I, I, I would be lying if I if I said anything otherwise. It was when my longtime colleague, Robert Barber, uh, worked with SF Sketchfest to put together a roast for my 45th birthday. And, you know, it was just very surreal sitting on stage at the Castro, a sold-out audience of San Franciscans who had come to, to see me be ripped to shreds by people I worshipped, you know, Elvira, John. Waters, Mink Stoll, you know, uh, Jinx Monsoon, Heclina, Sister Roma, Clea Duvall, Heather Matarazzo. Like, it was mind-blowing for me. Um, So that would be kind of that deathbed memory because it was so surreal. I was sitting on that stage looking out at the audience and remembering this is the theater that I first came to when I moved to San Francisco to find my tribe. And I volunteered for the Frameline Film Festival and I was 22 years old and I went to an orientation meeting and that is where I first started meeting people there and the stud bar south of market uh and and as we know the stud bar we lost during the pandemic and this this change is i think rattling a lot of us because of the significance of the place what do you think is the fear for this big shift for the theater what is being threatened culturally by this change i think part of the reason so many of us moved to san francisco is because Uh, In many ways, San Francisco represented a place where you could do something on your own. I don't know that I could have become Peaches Christ or kind of created this bizarre, weird cult movie empire in any other city but San Francisco. Uh, And so I think the Castro Theater is symbolic because it's a family-run business that the community really helped to build up through through all of the cultural events, the many film festivals that happened there, the many community events that happened there, and of course, the unique entertainment that it's provided. And last but not least, the total and complete film school it has been for so many of us. So we're we're afraid of losing all of that, right? You know, because uh, San Franciscans are afraid of corporate takeovers. Um, It hasn't always worked out well, um, uh, considering the unique landscape of the city and what creatives have done to make it special. You know, we've we've seen a lot of uh, corporations, you know, negatively affect our abilities to kind of thrive. I understand that the production company, Another Planet Entertainment, they reached out to you after the news broke. 
What did they have to say about community concerns? Uh, I did have a long conversation with APE last night. So they reached out. We had a long conversation. And they were very reassuring. And, and a lot of what was, was discussed for me was important because it was a reminder that they've been here. They're a Bay Area company. The people on the call started talking about shows they've attended of mine at the Castro Theater. They talked about screenings they went to, that the International Film Festival, that Framework. And I thought, okay, this makes me feel better because at least the culture of this company has experienced what's so special to us. And so I believe them when they say uh, they would like to preserve that. Um, and, and I think if they were outsiders, you know, let's say it was a, a I don't know, a, another concert company that came from New York or something, I'd be a lot more afraid. But because they are a company that, that basically started, you know, from scratch and, and built their empire uh, in the Bay Area, does make me feel a bit better. I'm still still worried, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like they are taking steps to talk to the community, which is which is huge. But talk is one thing. What are sort of the tangible things that they can do that will really make it feel like the Castro Theater, the safe space it provides for the community will be preserved? What are tangible things that they could do? The feedback that I gave them that I was most interested in giving them was uh, that one, as someone who's on the inside, both a fan and a community member who has uh, attended many events there, um, but also someone who creates events there and works on the inside, I greatly understand the need for capital improvements and upgrades. I think a lot of the general public don't know that behind the scenes, the theater really needs some big money thrown at it. In that sense, I'm very excited for the building to get that sort of love and attention that it really needs that this company can kind of come in and make that investment. And we're talking everything from uh, uh, electricity <laughs> to, you know, ADA issues, safety issues. You know, it's an old building. It needs some love and attention. From a, a more cultural standpoint, I really said to them, I hope you can do this, which is to make it both uh, a, a venue for live performance, which is obviously what your wheelhouse is, but to really try hard to maintain the integrity of it being a cinema. And they told me they were investing in a new screen and and looking into ways and speaking with um, actual sound companies that do movie sound and really, really doing an investigation on how it could be both. And I think if they can accomplish that, I think a lot of the community's fears um, will will be assuaged. The sad part is repertory film, the calendar film model hasn't worked for for years and years. And not just not just for the Castro, you know, we've seen many, many of these calendar houses uh, go out of business. And as much as I will miss that, I also know that I've attended events there, you know, a, a Wednesday night double feature of a David Lynch Mulholland Drive and, you know, Eraserhead or whatever, which I, of course, think, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, it would have been, you know, hundreds of us. I've been to more recent screenings where it's 20 of us. So there is this sort of reality that I'm kind of, I want to kind of say to people like, you, you, you know, you had to keep going. We we as a community had a responsibility, you know. Uh, so I do think that there might be a chance to create a venue 
that hopefully keeps the Castro alive and the magic going. And the third component that I I, uh, brought up was just the programming. I said, you're going to want to really listen to the community. You're going to want to really be careful. You you want, you know, John Waters headlining the Castro Theater. You you want the Jewish Film Festival to feel at home there. You want the Frameline Film Festival to feel at home there. But it needs to be uh, in line with what the neighborhood is and what the community is. Right. And and speaking of that, I mean, one thing that me and Tony Bravo talked about is just that the the local LGBTQ community has had to face a lot of pricing out issues and just being pushed out for many different reasons. And it already feels like they're trying to hold on to the things that make and give them a sense of community. Um, Is this another, you know, part of that trend? Does it just feel like this is just another step in this process of slowly losing a community over time? I am hopeful that it's not. And so I'm going to try to be optimistic and really work with another planet. I mean, I think one of the things that we as as the creators of things at the Castro Theater need to do is at least show up and try to work with them. And, and because if we if we just sort of throw our hands up in the air, like, what good is that going to do? I mean, I was very upfront, like, I'm not going to be able to afford what you charge, you know, some some huge band. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a local drag performer, you know, so, you know, I was pretty upfront. And I, I think that they they understand the pressure of finding that that right balance. So my hope is that this is actually the opposite, that this is a way to um, sustain this special place. Many business owners have just closed up shop and 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 are sitting on empty properties, empty retail spaces. You know, you walk walk the streets, you'll see many 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 empty storefronts and businesses. I would prefer this than that, certainly. You know, because at least with this we st- there's still hope that that magic can be maintained. The the thing that we're going to lose, which I'm I am very bummed about, is the repertory calendar programming. I don't think that's going to stay around. I think that's gone forever, um, and I think it's very sad. But I also am really glad, and I would I would encourage people to to be grateful that we many of us got to enjoy that. And in many ways, that's something that you know generations behind us won't even understand. You know, um, and that's not just in San Francisco; that's around the world. You know, repertory cinema is just not sustainable. I hope that people find that memory. Uh, special enough to hold on to, but also are are okay with accepting that those days are uh, few and far between. But I mean, look at record stores. This isn't the only thing we've lost. You know, it's like we bookstores, record stores, you know, the internet changed everything. Yeah, change is inevitable, but it can also be pretty sad too. Peaches Christ, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with me. Absolutely. Thank you. Peaches Christ is a filmmaker and drag performer based in San Francisco. You can learn more about her work at peacheschrist.com. Be sure to check out the Chronicle's datebook coverage of the Castro Theater. It's online now at datebook.sfchronicle.com. Thank you to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode and to you for listening.